0: On the pilot tv podcast this week we're investigating a time slipping body in era hopping murder mystery bodies on netflix looking into homicides on the reservation in dark winds on alibi and against my better judgment talking breeders once again as that show puts an end to its four series run and my and boyd's friendship in one fell swoop (laughs) oh
1: no never (laughs)
0: I'm James Dyer, and welcome to what may end up being the Last Pilot TV podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters. I am joined, one more time, by my soon-to-be ex-colleague, <laughs> Boyd Hilton. <laughs> And Kay Ribeiro, who's furious with me about the Pilot TV Google Calendar, but that's a whole other thing that it's best not to get into right now. Are you both psyched for this particular episode, for I... round three on this particular issue?
2: Listen, I am, and I'm going to I'm gonna suggest I'm going to be the mediator. There's not going to be a falling out. We're gonna, like <laughs> adults, we're going to have a, you know, a very sensible, calm discussion about the show. Should
0: and... we give some context here? Because people are probably thinking, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, so we reviewed season one of Breeders. Now, interestingly, there are two, notable things about that episode one was we recorded it without terry terry was not there for that first episode when we in, when we reviewed the first episode of breeders i'm also wondering was that one of the ones that we did live was it one of the ones that i live streamed on my phone Do you remember i went through that period just randomly live streaming episodes on my, my phone I, I seem to recall terry watching it from home but i could be making that bit up but so we did that and and i took against the show and Boydie liked the show, and it got quite fraught in that particular first episode. So much so that I made some cuts to the one that went out, so it didn't seem quite so stressful for listeners to listen to. But and but leaning into that, so when it came back, when we reviewed, I think it was actually, I don't think we did with season two, I think we reviewed season three, I want to say. Or series three, I should say, it's a British show. Probably. Um, and yeah. we went back and I made a whole big lull of it. I was like, oh look, we had a big fight about the last time, and I said, and round two, and I made it all into a big old joke. I thought it was gonna be fun. Mm-mm. Listeners, we didn't just have another fight. We had a fight that was even bigger than the first oh, fight God. and fell out massively to the point where Kay actually had to, like literally we had to go and we made up over a cup of tea afterwards because it was all a bit I, stressful. You were there. I you witnessed it. Yeah,
2: I literally had no clue what was going on because at that time I was uh, resolutely ignoring the podcast. You were. I refused to listen to it. And Boyd came back and Boyd is one of the most level-headed, just very like consistent moods you know, person okay, ever. Okay,
0: so was Daenerys until season eight.
2: <laughs> Spoiler, James.
1: Was she there um, And,
2: yeah, anyway, so he came back from the record and he just sort of looked sort of like shell-shocked and a bit broken. I was like, what is going on? And then he gave me a bridge version and then you walked over and I thought, oh, holy fuck. <laughs> um, and then I tried to calm the situation down then tea always helps, a so balm for the soul. It does, so, it's yeah. true.
0: A good cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but, but if you were listening to the podcast, you probably wouldn't know because I cut both of those episodes so extremely that all of the arguing no. was out like none of that made it into was the that, broadcast Was that
2: because <laughs> you were in the wrong no, right, and you kicked no. off No, crucially and, crucially and
0: imagine him agree- admitting that? Especially yeah, no. in the second one I was very much not but I cut mm. it back because I thought
1: it would be very stressful it's to listen to already dealing with yeah, I know. this bullshit A few
2: the fir- body blows there The yeah. first
0: one was an interesting one because Terry really took against it for, uh, for the first for the same ones that I did the, the early episode of the first season but then got past that and got into it and I think actually you know for me it is very much those early ones when the kids are young I found very difficult to watch and I kind of for me it just looked like it looked like well my whole thing was it felt like making comedy out of child abuse but but as the, as the show goes on it becomes a very different thing and actually when we reviewed I think it was three, I thought oh it's a much better show and actually what's good about this show we've just gone into the review section well you have yeah uh, <laughs> what's good about it at this point I feel, I feel is that early on I possibly mistakenly
1: wasn't aware
0: that the show was condemning Martin Freeman's actions. I think what I saw at that time was a show that thought it was funny that he was swearing at his kids. Whereas actually, when you get into the later season, or possibly even later in that series, the show is clearly showing you this is a guy with anger management issues. You're not supposed to be on his side. You are supposed to be like slightly put out by his by his behaviour. So actually, you know, I, mean, I think we're all on the same page. Duh. So yeah, it's not
2: a documentary. Yeah, crucially. But
0: suffice to say, Boyd and I's opinions were not uh th- so there have been three great James and Boyd clashes mm. on this podcast. Two have been breeders, mm. and the third? the third was referenced early in this podcast, the season 8 Daenerys Bell's episode where there was a—it's a, relatively minor well, in, in the grand a, scheme of things that was
1: but fine. it got a little testy I seem to recall I mean, in that particular one I think one. you I, the, the thing is about these disagreements right Is <laughs> come on boy Day. You, I, I know you're going to deny this but it's true you're much more affected by them than I am I say <laughs> your boy and, didn't give a fuck <laughs> for example you, you I remember the famously you accused me of famously
2: <laughs> I mean I feel bad to laugh at
1: that yeah <laughs> it's fine Going off at of the deep end was one of them. That, the very first one? Yeah. And for me, I was like, I don't think I was just like argue, arguing with you. It's called an argument. It's debate. It's, it's a debate. Heated, it's a heated yeah, debate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I always found it weird that you edited them so much. Like, I think listeners can take it a bit of you know heated debate. But you you very and I, I think that you t- you very much were affected by it. But I I thought they were fun and entertaining. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe I'm wrong. But I,
0: when I listened back to it, I thought <laughs> I thought it was maybe quite a stressful listen, which is why I cut it. But hey, maybe I'm just super sensitive. Who knows?
2: I think for some people, when they watch it, they might find it What, mummy
0: and daddy are fighting?
2: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but I think overall, as the impartial person, I, di- I didn't find it triggering, yeah. and I thought it We've, was... we
1: were always arguing vigorously about the thing. We weren't doing anything personal. There was no... There was no, you know, there was no personal attack on each other. No, oh, that would be a be separate insane. podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could do business. that another time. <laughs> That's only for subscribers. You have to pay <laughs> yeah, extra yeah. for the personal so attacks. So I always <laughs> think when you're arguing about a thing, like a work of art, essentially, without wanting to sound too... Steady, it's not that about <laughs> All it. right, now you sound more about it. It's certainly a TV show. Then you can get us... You can get us kind of vigorous about it as you want alright well it, let, let's yeah, save so, our our, our yeah, vigour and
0: vim yeah. for the actual review section where we are going to talk about breeders I should also breeders.
1: say that I am hosting the, the uh, screening next week of course, course for, you the, are. For, the, for, the, for the possibly third or even fourth time in a row yeah. so I am when it comes to um, hosting the panel for this show I am Mr. you are breeders. T- team breeders team yes. breeders for sure yes. yeah. so just to, just to make it you know, clearly, I am inherently <laughs> inherently biased. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: uh, on that on that biased note, let's talk mm. about what we've been watching. Kay, what have you been watching this week?
2: Okay, two of them might be triggering for you, James. I'm because sure they are rea- Their reality oh, and they involve the Kardashians. So, I've watched the House of Kardashian, which is on Sky Documentaries, and I've also watched started watching the new season. Now, the new season of the Kardashians, Boydo, episode three or four. Kim takes her son to Arsenal. Did you know this?
1: Uh, well, I knew that she did take her son to Arsenal yeah. because it was quite it features heavily it in was the episode. Quite, it was famously famous at the time of, of fame, and um, yeah, that match they it, lost. Which match was it again? It was it was a big one, wasn't it? Was it mm. was it Spurs. Or? They didn't.
2: I don't think they actually um, said who they were playing, but I know they lost at the last minute. I
1: remember everyone going from mildly thinking mildly funny that she, Kim Kardashian's there with the kids, and they they. I tell you one clever thing they did was they. Gave them shirts. They wore shirts, Arsenal shirts, but um, with the names on the back. But the names were of the women's team rather than the oh, men's team, which good. was quite a cunning yeah. thing to do. Um, so everyone was aware of it, and people were very much like, "Oh, well, you know, we we don't want to dismiss Yeah, We don't want yeah, a bit dismissive, especially when we didn't win." <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, I mean, it must um, be interesting to see from the from. Behind I think the you'll scenes. find it
2: interesting yeah. because so one of the players whose name I can't remember goes up to see them afterwards, and also describe him. I mean, I can't. He plays okay. football, okay. Um, <laughs> but. Saka then did also do a bit of a FaceTime with the kids. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah, so that was very sweet. So yeah, you'd like that. Um, Anyway, the House of Kardashian is really interesting because, um, well, for, yeah. (laughs) Stop blinking at me, James. Um, For anyone who is fascinated by that family because it's gone... And doesn't
0: have access to any other television programmes,
1: presumably.
2: (laughs) Come on, don't be a dick so early on.
1: Um, (laughs) I mean, that's, you know... (laughs) That's a body blow. Save it for breeders. Save it for breeders. We've already gone in off the deep end. (laughs) We were climbing back of the other side.
2: I never said I wouldn't go personal. Do you know what's going to happen? The edit
0: of this is going to be on the Pilot TV podcast this week, pilot out, and that's going to be it. Yeah.
2: What a way to end. Um, it documents like everything that's happened with the family, and crucially, it's got really great contributors. So, Caitlyn Jenner's on there, um, family members, friends, and it sort of explains how this, like, uh, how Chris Jenner, first of all, um, was trying to get herself an affluent, rich husband, she did in Robert Kardashian, charts their relationship, the O. J. Simpson trial, the acrimonious divorce, the relationship with Bruce Jenner, blah blah blah. But it's just it is fascinating for like even someone who and I watch it regularly, (laughs) I learnt new things, James. I know most Pilot Plus listeners are like, "Come on, shut up!" But yeah,
0: I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, if Kim Kardashian announced that her and the entire family were going to do an episode by episode <laughs> Expanse watch along live broadcast, I still wouldn't fucking watch it.
2: What about if Kim Kardashian said she was going to review the pod?
1: What well, women? Leave a, minute. a review. The most you'd be into it. Then. Actually, likely happening is that she gets cast in a show that you like. And are you saying you're going to boycott that show? Oh, no, 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 not at right. all. Not oh, at okay. all. Like, if she's going to be oh, an ad, it's fine. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I have just
0: no interest in annoying people's personal lives. Oh, uh, uh, right. You yeah, know. of course. It's yeah. why I don't ask how your weekends went. But, you know... It's- <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, unbelievable, yeah. but like, it's like I find the Kardashians like faintly irritating. Not enough that I hate them or anything, but I certainly do. not spend time watching them
1: did do you, their thing. Did you, I've forgotten this. This could be a Beth uh, situation where we've forgotten what she watched. But um, did you watch the People versus OJ Simpson? And that's genuinely fascinating about because about what the, the start of the whole thing. Mm. You know,
2: well, this goes into it right,
1: a lot yeah. and
2: how each like Robert Kardashian obviously took the side yeah. of his best friend OJ, yeah. and she was best friends with Nicole. And yeah,
1: because you get fleeting glimpse. Robert Kardashian is, is a character in it. A major. Character. Mm. in it and um, played by David Shimmer I believe yes yes so uh, you get fleeting glimpses of the the kids and everything and which adds to the whole fascination mm. that is a, a absolute I've probably said it before and I'll say it again but the people versus OJ Simpson is one of the greatest um, TV dramas of the last even Beth might concede that that Ryan Murphy show is worth watching um, yes yes exactly
2: um okay moving on um the reckoning
0: yes I- so Okay, I wanted to ask you a question about it because, boy, you were very up on this mm. when we talked about it. Yeah, did the QA. and A. Yeah, uh, when our John Nugent saw it and reviewed Empire magazine, he was much cooler on it. Oh, really? And did not like it as much. Oh. Though he did like it. Don't worry, he didn't dislike it, but he was not quite as. It's right. so okay. You've seen it now. Three stars. Four stars. Uh, I think he gave it three. I can't okay. remember off the top of my head. What I did was, review. Um,
2: was Nugent um, like? Did he used to watch Jim all Fix and stuff like that? Was he a light, you know, as in... I don't how think he's old, old enough he? for that. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, she, the thing. So I think yeah. I think there is also an element of if you grew up in that time and you knew, like, you know... You knew him from the TV shows yeah. and being in the press. Then it's even more gripping and fascinating because you're seeing. I yeah, think his criticism man, if I remember the from the view. The
0: he was just. like, I'm not sure what we gain from like leaning into the. He. I think he called it the horror aspect of it. It's just the unpleasantness of it all, and leaning into all that. Well, I mean, and, he, right, and I think his criticism, which I think Boyd, you also mentioned that it's not really a victim-focused show. It's kind of. Showcasing uh, or, or it focused is. on this, I mean, like literally, the program, it's so. ended. It's,
1: yeah, it's um, it's no, it's both. I mean, it is def- the victims as cares about are literally on screen. To, is is that towards the end? No, no, no. no throughout, they bookend. Okay. beginning each episode. Yes, today, I think I think they may even pop up in the final episode. Have you Watched the final episode? Not yet. In the middle of that, I think. What I did say was there are a couple of moments that I didn't like, which were almost stylistically like yeah. a horror film. Literally, like trying to dramatize his um, predatory behavior. Yeah,
0: isn't he stalking a corridor yeah. at one point? Right. Yeah. There's a bit of
1: that. Well, is that when have he was dressed as a stuff? jester? No, I think that's in the. I'm talking about the final episode oh, right, again. Then. Yeah, and there's a couple of. Instances.
2: I've only seen the first two because they showed them on. Right. That. Oh
1: yeah, there's definitely three and four get more um, kind of dramatic and horrendous. And they do. There's a couple of times where I thought it was a little bit misjudged the way. But that that. So yeah, I did. I think I might have mentioned that last week. So as John has gone full in on those moments. He has, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were unfortunate, I have to say, yeah. But the rest of it, but you do get... Steve
2: Coogan's performance... Oh, astonishing. Mm. ...is phenomenal. Yeah. Like he, and as you said last week, because I remember you were talking about it and you said that you very quickly forget it's Steve, and Mm. it's true. You just think you're watching Jimmy Savile, Mm. and it's obviously, I mean, it's completely blood-curdling and horrific and horrendous and all those things, but I mean, Mm. I think it's,
0: I did used to watch Jim Will Fix It when I was a kid. Did you write into him? I I never asked Jim to fix anything for me. I'm very pleased to
1: say. Hmm. I remember, in my memory, because I watched it as well, in my memory, I always found him creepy. But I may be, you don't know whether you're... Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, he was always an absurd figure. Yeah. Whether or not I ever found him creepy, not I remember being aware that he was kind of Bad, te- vulgar, and kitschy, and mm. kind. Do you know what I mean? And kind of ridiculous. Yeah.
2: He was a ludicrous character, wasn't he? Yeah. And
1: of- I remember finding that because a lot of people, you know, completely embraced his weirdness as, as a, you know, as a character, almost like a kind of comedy character. Um, but I, no- I didn't ever do that. I almost, mm. I remember finding him a weird. Presence. Well, because it was was the cigars and the haircut oh, and the and was, jewelry yeah, and everything. the tracksuit, yeah, yeah. all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I thought it was really fascinating the way that they explored his relationship with his mother. Mm. and she was who Who plays the mum again
1: uh, sprung that on me sorry <laughs> um, uh, uh, Gemma Jones yes. Gemma Jones yeah as Agnes slash the Duchess yeah who's always very good yeah she's. and in.
2: the idea that she you know never wanted him and she herself found him you know to have dark elements and
1: yeah you won't watch it will you though
0: Will I watch The Reckoning? Uh, I, I, I'm i very interested to see it. I would, I would have enjoyed reviewing it for this podcast. Whether it will fit into my watching schedule at this point now mm. remains to be seen.
1: But. Oh, okay. I thought you'd be too um, distressed by it. Uh, so there's there's, there's definitely a risk. warning. There is a risk. Oh, there. dude. Yeah. You're definitely... Yeah. I mean, it's
2: going to tip you over the edge.
0: Yeah, it's one of the most disturbing things I've ever well, seen. Well, then I'm definitely not watching yeah, it. Yeah,
2: because, so. okay. James, it
0: is okay. honestly Okay, okay. Know, then yeah, I'm definitely not watching story. it. Yeah, I You know my tolerance for that kind of stuff is extremely low. Mine
1: too consider yourself warned yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like it just, breeders pushed me over the edge oh so. god yeah I mean Jesus Christ my one worry about Steve Coogan actually is because it's so controversial and when I hosted did I talk about it after I'd hosted the q and or had I was about to host it I can't remember it was this time last week it was yeah. like, I think it was
2: before
1: yeah because in, it was the longest q and I've ever hosted it was, it was an hour and a quarter oh, wow. just yeah Ooh, that's hardcore it was epic did you know it was going to be that going in? No. I Were really you panicking towards the end? Well, honestly, 7.45 was the start of the theater. And bear in mind, all the journalists who took part had been watched all four hours of the show. Oof. I mean, unless they cheated, but that's what... Four hours of the show, so then an hour and a quarter of show, Q&A. Four hours of the show break in the middle, lunch break in the middle, then at 7.45, the Q&A started, and, and I knew that we had a cut-off of nine, and I never in a million years thought we'd come anywhere near it, but it got to the point where it was nine, and and I was told if you go past nine, then the, literally the staff will have to walk out, because yeah. it's the BBC radio theatre, it was, it was the venue. But yeah, now and a quarter, the Q&A went off, and it got quite heated, talking of, yeah, there were, I mean, About tricky questions the the the, the is, yeah so you know I it was so I did my bit and then I threw, it was when I threw it open to the... Mm. To, and, and credit to the BBC I think because Charlotte Moore was there who's the head of content at the BBC she's the uber you know the boss the big boss and she took part in the Q and A and answered all the questions. That they wanted ask. because it's not just a reckoning for Savile; right. it? it is a reckoning exactly. for the BBC. Exactly. So that and the big argument came, which got quite heated, um, when someone from the Mail, of course, and there seemed to be like three journalists from the Mail alone. I mean, it was weird. That's hardly a surprise. I know. I know. This guy from the Mail made, said that um, you know there was this news newsnight investigation into Jimmy Savile that was scrapped, mm. and this person said they should have they should have dramatised that within the show instead so the show ends with the series rather ends with a, cu- a card you know on-screen note about what happened to him and said and it, and it said in that there was a newsline investigation which was shelved controversial i, I haven't got the wording or whatever the guy the main guy whose book ends the whole thing his book was published etc but so he did acknowledge this news and it, was, it is really really it was outrageous that it was shelved and the bbc had to you know, it, was, it was a hugely embarrassing thing for the bbc that they stopped the investigation into him. Um, But, I, it would have been I thought it would have been weird to dramatise that this is after he died remember so because the, the story is basically his life and his and his crimes and how it affected his victims and survivors to then have a bit of dramatisation of essentially a media a subsequent media scandal do you know what I mean would have been I thought would have been odd but it ended up being a bit of a Barney between this guy from the Mail about this point who would not let it go and and to be to credit to the producer Jeff Pope was the producer Neil McKay the writer they absolutely just engaged in this conversation slash argument about it for quite quite extensively, and not only that, when it finished at nine, and I had to throw them all out because the staff were about to leave. Jeff Pope carried on talking to to these people, like a handful of people from the papers. afterwards mm. almost like a subsequent mm. sub press conference with them. I got to hand it to him; he dealt with again like answering all of their points.
0: I
2: think it's important.
1: Yeah, as so a-, it's a veteran. Yeah. Q and A hole. Yeah.
0: Do you ever feel that you need to jump in when things like that happen to try and like well, throw yourself in front of the bullet as it were?
1: Uh, yeah, sometimes, but I think in this case I thought I very much shouldn't ha- shouldn't mustn't yeah. because the whole point was to give all of the press their time for their questions and t- to do what they say what they want to say. It's not up to, it's not up to me to cut them short or to, you know, cut short the discussion really. That and we discussed that beforehand, you know, with the panel like they were like no, you don't you don't have to Step in, yeah. you know Just like so, themselves, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And Steve Coogan, to be fair, was very, you know, because he's already got a heavy animus with the with the tabloids. Anyway, he hates the mail. You know, everyone knows. <laughs> I, I don't th- think he's on his own there. No, yeah. indeed. Um, so it was, and he never normally would be would even agree to be interviewed by them or even have them at his, you know, a screening or whatever. But he was there, and he and again he answered all their questions, etc. So it was it was fascinating thing to be part of. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite quite incredible.
2: Um, and wait just last thing oh. no I haven't finished so oh, okay. I absolutely okay. have not because I had to like have a sort of I had to watch something a bit you know obviously frothier and cheery after watching The Reckoning so I finished Virgin River and I was kind of lukewarm when I first watched
0: the it's the last season series season 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 series
2: la- I don't think it is
0: <laughs> is it not so I've just made no, that up okay
2: carry on um, maybe it is
1: now <laughs>
2: <laughs> if James had his way yeah. Um, yeah when I watched the first two episodes I wasn't completely bowled over but actually I got really into it and I think you know I was a bit of a sucker for the cutesy cheesy ending um, and also the teaser for the holiday special which is two eps which are dropping on the 30th of November I think was really good um, and I have theories so yeah I bet
1: you do mm.
2: and that's it I'm done
1: Boydie hello uh, just to, to really um, get your goat what's the word phrasing oh, for? yeah to provoke you to know uh, genuinely um, last night I got all these messages on Twitter Well, I was at a screening of a film, which was a really weird film with Nicolas Cage... Um, yeah. oh the one where he's in everyone's dreams yeah exactly yeah. It's, it, that is fucking freaky <laughs> so I was recovering from that and as I was I got, so got all these messages on Twitter from um, listeners to this podcast saying American Horror Stories arrived on Disney Plus because remember I was saying the other week how oh yes they never announced it in advance now mm. it just, just arrives <gasps> with actual arrives Kim
2: Kardashian <laughs> with actual Kim Kardashian so I watched James does she get yeah.
1: horribly murdered because if so you might have me on board <laughs> spoiler alert no <laughs> well in the first episode she doesn't get horribly murdered give it time um, I'll give it time I will uh, listen. to warning: you may find this following sentence distressing. This is a quote. This is her first line in the show. So oh, she God. plays. The setup is: it's American Horror Story, Delicate is the name of it. It's adapted from a novel. Taylor Swift song. There you go. And the main character um, is an actress. Is a increase. Is a kind of young star who's getting more and more famous, played by Emma Roberts. And she's getting IVF, and it's it's a kind of like a very. It's all about. It's kind of like a body horror-y women dealing with IVF, and um, it's kind of. But like, like Dead Ringers. Remember the, the Dead Ringers that, we've, that we reviewed earlier this year? It's got a lot of mm. similar themes to that. So that's the kind of ballpark area we're looking at. And Emma Roberts is the lead role. Matt Sushri, is that how you pronounce his name? Sure, why not? Yeah, as her husband. And Kim Kardashian plays a publicist. And her first line, I kid you not, in this show is, tell her to suck my clit.
2: <laughs> wow. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. I mean, it's a strong opening. It's a strong opening.
1: It's a strong opening. And I have to say, I'd read reviews that said she was fine. Reviews varied from saying... Um, she's fine too She's really good And I think she's really good Really? Like, yeah It's You remember how Lady Gaga's acting career Pretty much started She was in American Horror Story um, Almost yeah. like five, Hotel four, Yeah Which was like f- Three or four or five seasons ago She hadn't done much acting I don't think before then She end, then ended up in being in Star is Born of course Which is, she was really good mm. Oscar nominated? Was she Oscar nominated? I think the same how- can't remember Anyway I didn't think she was great In American Horror Story I have to say I thought she was a bit Kind of um, Gaga Yeah <laughs> She was a bit stilted I thought in that but un- Kim Kardashian is totally natural in this and it's, it's kind of a, a good role for her because she is playing an over-the-top Hollywood publicist and she obviously half her life is dealing with her own over-the-top Hollywood publicist no, down. yeah, and other <laughs> over-the-top Hollywood publicists so it's not like a it's not a difficult role but it's actually considering this show loves stunt casting and Ryan Murphy in particular loves camp over-the-top everything including car- in casting terms it kind of totally works within the context of the history of the show <laughs> James is literally nodding off it's a glossy. eye I've gone full frizz. yeah, I've <laughs>
0: got, yeah,
1: got full frizz. Stephen Frizz famously fell asleep, listeners, while I was interviewing you on stage at BAFTA. Anyway, so she's really good, James. Kardashian. More importantly, I like this. I like this story. I okay. Think. Now it's interesting because the pre last year's American Horror Story was the gayest one ever. It was the gay. It's all about gay men. Do you remember like, that serial killer of gay men in '80s New York? And Russell Tovey was in. Russell Tovey was the lead in that. Effectively, He's the detective if you remember, it was like very much focused on met the men. There were a couple of, the Billy Lord had a role, but you know, it was a bit like, "Let's how can we shoehorn women into this story that's completely <laughs> about a bunch of gay men in New York in, in the 80s. This time it's very much about women. and So that's interesting that he's kind of gone down this route. And it's the first time an American horror story has been based on an existing novel. It was mm. a hit novel that came out a couple of years ago, I think. And the whole tone of it is less, it's less over the top. <laughs> So you're staring into space again. It's really just What are you looking at? <laughs> no,
2: it's do like, you know what it is? is He's it? asleep with his eyes open. Is that what
1: it is? Are you that tired? <laughs> a late night. You I have...
0: actually did have a late oh. night and I. I'm very, very oh, tired, what were you and doing? after were you, this like, podcast, playing... I'm watching Killers of the Flower oh, Moon, videos. which is three and a half hours long. I was, was going to say, you know, has so... got
2: really red eyes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You, were you, uh, what were you doing last night then? I, I was watching stuff for this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to watch all okay. the shows last night until eleven o'clock in the morning. being that boring because no, it's you're like, not. No, like, I'm thanks, finding it fascinating. Thanks for your support. Um, Anyway, I, I thought this was a very strong opening mm. to um, this series sort of American horror story. Less overtly horror-y. There's like a couple of... She's, she's seeing things. There's a, it's like Rosemary's Baby meets Dead Ringers meets other stuff.
2: Could I handle it?
1: I think so. It's, oh, at the okay. moment, it's more disturbing than it's not violent yet. I don't know. I've only seen the first episode. They're doing it weekly, slightly annoyingly um, on on Disney Plus. So, but it's also got a bit of a Brian De Palma quality to it—a bit of a kind of dress to kill. So the way it's shot and the director or a which is which I love. I love De Palma. Um, so I'm very much enjoying it, and it has got Kim Kardashian, and it's working. So that's the bottom line. American Horror Story: Delicate has launched everyone. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Wake, Excellent. You. Over Wake to you. up, you. Wake up, James. <laughs> it's your turn. No, also the other thing that's been throwing me off. Look look, look up there. See, I keep turning... There's a TV oh, screen. So yeah. listeners, there are there are three TV screens in the office. One of them has a clock. The other one, weirdly, has BBC News all the time. And the third one... You're
2: always on that, don't
0: you realise? Well, no, but see, the thing is... <laughs> there's, the third one has... There are cameras around the studio. And depending on who's talking, they, they flip oh, between the various yeah. ones. But all of the cameras are broken except one, which is the one on my face. So the, ca- yeah. the screen is essentially off. But then every few minutes... My face will just flash up on the screen for like two seconds and then go away. Yeah. And it's really
1: distracting. Oh, that explains it. Because, yeah, you're, you're, I don't you, keep you were really at it, like <laughs> distracted. <by, laughs> like, what are you looking saying, at? He's yeah. so distracted.
2: He's just been gazing at his own reflection.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's that too. Yeah.
0: So but yeah, yeah. Then it goes off. Yes, yeah, see, look, it goes. Now the screen is off and I'm back. Oh, there I am. Weird. I'm on the screen again. It's very weird. <laughs> it's very, very weird.
1: But anyway. What have you been watching? Myself on other the screen in yeah, the I've studio. I've been watching myself <laughs> flickering on a screen in
0: the studio. I have been watching other things. Um... Mainly, though, I will say the Wheel of Time finale did mm-hmm. air, and it was everything I dreamed it would be. It was magnificent. And and you'll be excited to know. So, so seized was I by how the genius of it that I sat down for a mammoth. Frankly, when we recorded it, it was about an hour and a half conversation with Helen, her brother Colum. Yes, Helen's brother is on the podcast. And fantasy author C.L. Clarke, who's Col- a big fan of
1: The Wheel of Time. I'm, 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 absolutely, I'm fascinated by Helen's brother being on the podcast. So, Colm O'Hara. Colm O'Hara, yeah. What does he do? I he- genuinely don't
0: know. He might be a teacher. I can't remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like. I, I make a joke of the fact that neither of us are ever invited to these yeah, things, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is fine because I didn't. And now just I stopped, random like, relatives random and people, brothers. Yeah, I'll get my brother in, Phil. Yeah, I know.
0: Kay was very keen to come on discuss the Wheel of Time, but uh, oh, but, really good. I'm gonna listen now. Oh, uh, he's 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 a he's a massive Wheel of Time head. Like Helen is is a is a Wheel of Time head, but yeah. Column is on a whole other level. Wow, like, he knows everything about these books. <laughs> okay, uh, and then Sheree C. L. Clark, she writes her own fantasy novels, but she's a big fan of Robert Jordan as well. And she was that. You know, me and Helen did that Q and A live event thing for of Wheel of Time yeah so she came along to that and I mean, that was I mean one of the women I in the mean, audience there literally had the map of the world of Wheel of Time tattooed on her arm so All you know I'm it was hard. i to say
2: right is Could... the the, com- the difference between you from five seconds <laughs> when you were virtually like literally <laughs> I, thought to, I thought we'd yeah. have to get the paddles out I'm going to have to try yeah. Yeah. sustain him and now yeah. he's talking so fast yeah. and excitedly mm. it's really hard to Time.
0: Yeah. I have seized Sidene. that's what's happened there oh, uh, so yeah look it, it, it was a great finale we had a great Great old chat about it. I am going to condense it down. I'm not going to put it out in an hour and a half long. And I'm still hoping we're going to get showrunner Rafe Judkins. I have put out a request, but I have not heard back. So I'm waiting to see if we get him. And if we do, we're then that waiting. will go in as we're part right. of it. If not, then you'll just get us unfiltered <laughs> What's and nerding his name again? out. Rafe Judkins. Rafe Judkins is yes. a good name. Don't make fun of I'm Rafe not. Judkins. He's Rafe Judkins. Yes, a good Rafe. name. Yeah, a good yeah. name. Uh, so that was that. And the other thing I did was I watched all of Interview with the Vampire, so I have now oh, finished yeah, it, yeah, and so just, much so that I wrote a review for the Empire website and gave it a full five stars. Controversial, controversial. Yeah. Well, I, I figured mean,
1: one minute we've got Nick giving well, no, Fraser four. That was it. I
0: figured if Fraser's getting four, then Interview <laughs> with <laughs> the Vampire's getting fucking five. So, God, <laughs> Nick, Nick raised the bar there, yeah. so you know I had no choice. Ooh, okay. But I loved it, and also, and, and you know, if you're a fan of Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles, there are some curveballs here. Uh, there are some big surprises. I was I was properly floored by some of the things that happened in this mm-hmm. in this season. I absolutely loved it. Bailey Bass, who plays Claudia, and she doesn't come into a halfway through, but she really kicks it up a notch. But then crucially, she's not back. For season two, that role has been recast. I'm not really? sure why. They never really said why. She said, due to a variety of reasons, she's not able to come back for the second season. Uh, so that role's been recast, which is a shame because she's really, really good in it. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a five star TV show, people. Is watch it. it. Is it? Watch I, I it. I have to watch
1: it now just to see whether you're
0: correct or not. You've got to watch it all this is the way through. It's a end.
1: ridiculous. Uh...
0: Reasonably certain Kay's not going to, but you absolutely have to. Mm,
1: okay. All <laughs> yeah.
0: right. Great yeah. stuff. Interview with the Vampire, then, all of which I believe is on iPlayer now. Yes, it is. Yeah, 100%. So, fill your boots. Yeah. Your frilly Victorian boots. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've been watching. So, shall we move on to the postbag? Now, you will notice I did not share with you a question for no, this week's postbag. Post really no, well did not. And that is entirely by design and not in any way because I've been really busy and yeah, didn't even right. have time to write a script for this week's episode. So, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to delve into the postbag and have a bit of a live triage, much like we do on Pilot Plus.
2: Why don't you scroll... And I'm going to
1: say stop. Oh, you want to do it like roulette? Yeah, come on. You want to do post-bag right, roulette? Like, yeah. uh, like they do on this morning on the Spin the Wheel Oh, it's a they do? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. They've
2: copied my uh, game.
0: All right. Here we go. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Stop. All right. We've stopped on one. Go on. It's from Alan Smith. Hi, Alan. <laughs> Hi, Alan. Alan, Alan, says, Alan Smith, the former Arsenal footballer. Yes. Exactly okay. who it is. It's from former Arsenal footballer Alan Smith. <laughs> and he says... Having just sobbed my way through the last 10 minutes of episode 6 of The Long Shadow and their use of Bridge Over Troubled Water, which will have an impact on me when I hear the song, have you and your excellent colleagues, I guess he means you, but I can't imagine why, ever had your views on a song changed for good or bad due to its use in a TV program?
1: Well, I mean, my love for... Kate Bush and Running Up That Hill couldn't have been greater anyway. Yeah. But it was definitely confirmed yeah. that it was used. Didn't in make it didn't maybe change things. the way I felt about I, the song. No. It was a banger to begin Do with. Do you know what? So... My, I, I get really excited when a song I love is used in a TV show, though. I think it's one of the most exciting things. Old oh, film, you know, same thing. I get genuinely thrilled by that. And that, like, especially if it's used well you know like it was and it's so kind of dominant and central when they play a whole song like from that I love particularly because it's quite rare it's usually with a montage or something like Ricky Gervais has very similar music taste to me so he has a lot of Bowie and you know Cat Stevens and Neil Young and all that stuff and I'm like oh amazing he's got like a three minute montage too. Yeah. And he's not had Capo. She did the, this woman's work in um in Extras, which I loved. So I really lo- get very excited about those needle drop things. And of course, I have now seen the David Fincher film with all the Morris... with all the Smith songs oh, in. Oh, yes. And I loved it. Killer. And oh, my God. The, the yeah, worst soundtrack of the that's year. That's film. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, it's got literal Smith songs all the way through and it was such a treat. And mm, I was so excited it about it. Yes, for anyone... <laughs> For anyone with good musical taste. Um, so yeah, I, so it hasn't really answered the question properly. But it, it doesn't change my view of songs I love. Like but I get very, very, very excited about it. I think the association can be tricky. So so Tom McRae's uh,
0: You Cut Her Hair, which yeah. is a song that I've always loved and was nominated for the Mercury Music Prize, I believe, when it came out in the early noughties. But that song, when it played in the English... And it was yeah. Rafe Spool's awful character making up awful lies about something that he had done that he was pinning on someone else. Weirdly now, whenever I hear it, he pops into my head and that mm. character is so awful and so horrible. He's a rapist. He's the nastiest person. Mm. So that association I could do without, quite frankly, because uh, I really yes? like that song. Yeah. So so I guess that has a little bit. It's coloured that song a little bit right. for me. Right. I mean, it was never, you know, a bop to begin with. Like, it was always quite morose and sort of downbeat. But you now, said bop. It, thank you. Uh, and now it feels a little bit like, you know, ew, sullied. Sullied, like Sidine, which has, of course, been taint, uh, tainted by the
1: Dart one, Boydie. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you say.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, I don't think I've got an answer for this because I've mentioned before Hallelujah, but it hasn't changed my Lenny Cohen's Hallelujah.
0: I mean, it's been in every TV exactly. show ever made. So just Allelu-
1: Hallelujah, by the way. Sorry, what did I say? Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Hallelujah.
2: Yeah. With an H. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Those Alan allel- people what say What did I allel- say? say Hallelujah. Yeah.
2: Oh, sorry. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, I. It's
1: very <laughs> nitpicky
2: of me. No, listen. Yeah. I'm here to be. Don't him
1: splain <laughs>
0: okay?
2: No, also, I did know it's with an H, but I think I did say Hallelujah. You're right. Um, I stand corrected. Um, yeah, but as you say, it's used in everything. It was used most memorably for me when Marissa died in the OC and it hasn't changed. That may be
0: the worst use of that song. I know,
2: but I was just, (laughs) you know. Yeah, it was an emotional time. So yeah, I don't have an actual And we're
0: saying OC, so I'm a big Image and Heap fan and obviously Hide and Seek, which I think is the one where Trey gets killed. Doesn't Trey get killed to Hide and Seek? That's, I mean, yeah. But the OC did some, yeah.
2: Well, no, stop. What? Are you gonna diss the OC? I'm not
0: dissing the OC. After. I'm just saying that the OC was massive melodrama, and they did yeah. they went all in with those those hits on the OC. They did. They like they had all sorts. Of, they didn't have Coldplay in there as well, and they had like a band playing in the bait shop. They had all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah. Big so it was. The but then you often get that. Like you remember, like Smallville used to set the agenda a little bit for pop songs Kate shaking her head here, oh, Yeah, as Kate if she would ever watch Superman, uh, no I always
1: shake
0: my head about
2: something else but I
0: would often I would often do that I would often like oh, listen, oh that's a good song and you know and listen to it oh yeah yeah. yeah. and not Dido I'm talking about the songs oh, that played God. during yeah. the actual you know, yeah. show like Five for Fighting and stuff like that oh that was Scrubs actually Scrubs did it too Scrubs had lots of go- great songs in it oh mm,
1: yeah
0: I forgot about scrubs. We've gone off the topic of the question, but uh, I don't have an answer to it. So.
2: Go and do more post bag roulette.
0: More, more, all right. All right, hang on. Let Tell me, me just, when you spin, really? Let me pull up the digital post bag. All right, go on.
2: Stop. Who is it? Who is it?
0: Mm, okay.
2: Make it a good one. This
0: comes from Simac. Ooh,
2: hi, Simac.
0: Simac says, Hi, James. I'm just back from Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando. What oh, the... a man <laughs> off your go. own heart. Which I loved. And I also murdered Smells Like Teen Spirit in the Rising Star karaoke oh, bar. And God. I believe you sang there on your, yourself on a trip, which I have done many is times. Is this
2: your pseudonym?
0: <laughs> no, it's not. I've never, sm- I never sung Teen Spirit. I didn't know they had that there. No, I, my uh, Sweet Home Alabama was the one that I used to do on mm. Um Having enjoyed the Horror House is based on TV shows Chucky, Stranger Things, and The Last of Us. Uh... What TV shows would the pod like to see haunted houses based on? <laughs> Look forward to the pod every week. I have, I'll be honest with you, if they ever did a horror house based on the Kardashians, it would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's probably the one for me.
1: Um, I oh, mean, I, all of the Mike Flanagan. Well, I was going to say, yeah. yeah so, um, so Haunting of Hill House, yeah. Midnight Mass, all yeah. of the above. Yeah. Yes. Falling out of Russia. They could do one in that bloody club <laughs> that they all go to. Yes, so, oh too. my
0: God. Yeah. The naked from the waist down clubs. Yes. You have to go in with your tackle out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, that would be horrifying on so many levels, not least of all an HR one. <laughs> uh, but uh, they could do a horror house based on uh, The Haunting of Blind Manor where you just have to watch The Haunting of Blind Manor. That would be uh, Ooh, quite. Hey. Ooh, spiky. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so okay. Oh, you're not a horror person. No. So What? What? Like? What? Mm. To think? What is a TV show that has really scared you? Not like traumatized you, like The Reckoning, but scared you. Even though you don't watch horror.
2: I actually. I mean, I don't. I just don't watch it. Ever. No.
0: Just, just, just why don't like I, it.
2: Why would I hate it and it scares me? Why would I watch it?
1: No, that's
0: fair. That's fair. So I completely understand that.
1: Have you never watched any like nope. Scream or anything? Freddie Krueger Night.
0: No, have you ever watched a horror film of any yeah. kind? No. Nope.
1: Are you serious? For so really? how do you know
0: been. if you don't like it if you've never seen one?
2: Yeah. Because. It like you see the trailer or
0: whatever, and I'm like, that's. It's a- not really the same. Well, do you not it's think you should watch a horror film? <laughs>
2: Fuck no! Why would
0: I watch that? <laughs> cultural Exchange coming yeah, up. That's it. <laughs> no, oh, oh that's it! The Haunting of Hill House is coming yeah. your way soon.
1: <laughs> because you might be entertained by it enough to 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 negate the no. it will get in my head and then I'll go to sleep it. and I'll have nightmares or something. Like oh, do you do things like that affect you? Do they they stop you sleeping?
2: No, I do But nightmares sleep
1: are natural, aren't they? Without, like, what? Natural? Yeah,
2: Why would you want to have nightmares? We
1: don't want to, but, you know, dream slash nightmare um, is just, just a part of human, human, the human mind, isn't it? <laughs> God, we get very deep here. <laughs> it just is. You, know what I mean? you can have nightmares about, I don't know, a, a dog you met in the street. Next Matt. on Dr. Boyd Hilton. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to an actual horror I film that you sat I generally don't through. have nightmares. Oh, okay. Do you
2: wow. have a lot of nightmares? Oh, uh, sometimes, yeah. I mean, oh, no. oh, this like...
0: I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream.
2: Mm, yeah, you know, I
0: have yeah. nightmares about...
2: <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I've had a few, <laughs> actually, <Jimbo. laughs> awake nightmares,
0: yeah. Uh... No, so, but this is so I'm, I'm with you because like I, uh, as oh, you know, now? I don't want, no, I'm with you in that I won't watch stuff that I know will oh, adversely yeah. affect me emotionally. Like, so mm. if it's something that's going to traumatize me, I would just give it a wide berth because I don't want that living rent free in my head afterwards. But it's interesting that you've never actually, to the best of your knowledge, watched. Oh,
2: actually, one. wait a
1: minute. No, oh, here we go. The fairness being reversed. Seven, seven, not a not a horror film. No, oh, but, but it's, scary, it? it's It is. It's, it's it's, it's unpleasant. Yeah. Oh, I saw it's that a, it's not a It's got a brilliant jolt shock moment, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> when they when they discover that corpse. Yeah, so oh, the That sloth one. could put you off. Yeah, yeah, that could put you. And I was at a
2: sleepover. I wasn't even my own house. Uh, how old were like you? That. I don't know. I can't. You know, a teen.
0: Oh, I think you would start at thirty-three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. No, I mean that. I mean that is. That is a film that will fuck you up. It's true. Yeah. But it's not a horror film. No. Um, that's interesting. Now, I yeah. think, yeah, I wonder if there is, because there's different types of horror, right? As you can get like really gory, nasty horror, which I don't particularly like. You get jump horror, which is a bit lazy, but can scare you on that kind of very sort of primal. It just makes you jump. Mm. Or there's the kind of slow burn psychological horror.
2: All of it is terrifying to me.
0: Well, I, I think the last one is the best because that's the stuff that really just gets in your head. Like it really freaks you out. So it's not like, it doesn't really make you jump. It's not gory or horrible, but something in it just freaks you the Fuck out. So the omen is one of those. Mm-hmm. That is one where it just gives you the wiggins. <laughs> the wiggins. Yeah. It gives you will wig a hundred
1: percent. Isn't the isn't the phrase give you the willies? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, that's that a, is the That's, that's yeah. a that's a whole other type of film, boydy. No, study. Mm. <laughs> oh, you've watched the horror stuff for this, the the I mean, you, didn't you watch the 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 um, Fall of the House of Russia? Didn't you? Or were you away that week? No, because no, do you right. remember
2: my Netflix got hacked?
1: Oh, oh that's right. Oh. oh, did it now? It's all becoming oh clear yes. to me now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, what no, a bug, quote unquote no, Netflix got no, hacked.
2: Did. No, boydo <laughs> is well aware of my the you know the well, cyber crime. I have you have you
0: recovered your Netflix at this point?
2: Um, I have yeah. Okay, good. I have good. Netflix were very helpful, I have to say.
0: Unlike Instagram. Oh,
2: Instagram—they <laughs> can go fuck themselves. Sorry, excuse my know. French.
1: Good to know. Yeah. But what next week's the test because for Pilot Plus we're doing The Burning Girls, which is pretty much out now horror, pretty much, kind
0: of scary. It's like a it's a it's a scary. It's something horror. Yeah. That's
1: the genre it is. It's, yeah. all, it's kind of like a mix of the various sub subgenres you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. This but I'm this is turned week. into like Evolution of Horror podcast <laughs> by my friend Mike Munson. <laughs> right. But in other words, yes, you will have to watch it, Kay. Is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I'll be the judge of
2: that
1: Yeah, you have to watch it, and
0: as with all such things, you have to watch it at midnight in a graveyard. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we're going to do this. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, thank
2: you.
0: Right, next live episode. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, so many, so many ideas for spin-offs we can do on Pilot no, look, Plus. Have
2: you ever seen? his, so gleeful. Look yeah.
0: at yeah. him. Yeah, he's waking up again. <laughs>
1: it's a roller coaster.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, I'm workshopping. I'm workshopping a title. Sk- skate. KD cat, I don't know, something like that. And every week on Pilot uh, Plus, yeah. you have to sit down and watch progressively more horrifying oh God, horror no. things. Obviously, well, Game
1: have... of Thrones has only came
0: about because of the pun. That's right. Yeah, yeah. of course. All yeah. the best ideas come from puns, Boydie. No. This is a sort of scientific fact. It's no, a scientific no, no. fact. No. Right, that's it for the post bag. If you would like your questions read out either on this podcast or on Pilot Plus, do send them to me on Instagram at James E. Dyer uh, and I will pick them up there. Shall we move on to the news? Uh, and there are a few things sort of top-level things we have probably mentioned For those of you who've heard us talk about this on the Empire podcast, all I can do is apologize. Uh, but we should mention that even though the writer strike, the WGA strike, has been resolved, the SAG-AFTRA actor strike has very much not... In fact, negotiations have broken down once again uh, because the uh, uh, Amptipa, the studio's uh, negotiating body, has essentially... Well, if you're to believe the the statement that was put out by SAG-AFTRA, they made an offer that was even worse than the one they made at the beginning of negotiations, which was soundly mm-hmm. rejected. Mm-hmm. Put out um, a, a, a a very strongly worded. They did, yes. They were message. having none of that. No. So it's, tra- it's really annoying. I know it is. It. It's upsetting, but you know, power to them. Mm-hmm. Fight the good fight and all that. Yeah. Hopefully, this studios will and the networks will come to their senses. But that is an ongoing concern. Elsewise, in the news. Elsewise. That's, Elsewise. <laughs> elsewhere. it elsewhere. elsewhere. That's TV related. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So, neverwhere in the news. Um, there is the 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 daredevil stuff. Have you read about the daredevil stuff? No. You haven't read about the Daredevil no? stuff? Well, <laughs> Daredevil... What did you refer? Born Again, which is the MCU reincarnation of the Netflix uh, Marvel yeah. Charlie Cox Daredevil yeah. series, has essentially died It's on its arse. It's oh. being reimagined. The two writers, should we say, have parted ways with the series and the whole thing is being retooled. It was kind of imagined as a, as a think, as like a legal procedural and that's oh. now been thrown out the window. Uh, there were questions about whether or not they should use to see him in his costume before the fourth episode. Basically, they decided the show wasn't working and now they're completely rethinking it but it's become like a broader... Hollywood Reporter wrote a really good piece on this. A broader... Uh investigation as to whether or not Marvel need to completely rethink the way they do TV shows. Because by all accounts, they do it the way they do films, where they kind of go into it a little bit half-cocked, shoot it all, and then fix it all in post. But on the TV shows, with the longer runtime and the smaller budget, it's much harder to do that. So you get things like Miss Marvel and Moon Knight, which start strong and then Peter out. You get stuff like Secret Invasion, which was an absolute mess. You know, all of this stuff. So they're maybe looking at now bringing in showrunners as per the, I think, negotiations that, uh, that the WGA uh, had recently. So the, there's, anyway, there's going to be changes for, at Marvel uh, going forward and not least of all with Daredevil Born Again, which is being rethought. There you go, that's some news for you. <laughs> yeah, good news. Not you, by the way, both of you yeah. had my Kardashian
1: face on when oh, I was I know, talking about I that. I so. was trying my best to engage. I mean, you weren't trying you, that you hard. Were, I mean, no, that's very good. much I'd not of interest at all okay. <laughs> Um, we covered this a bit in Plus, but well, that, that comes out after this, doesn't it? <laughs> Pilot Plus. <laughs> what, are we, what, are we, what are we talking about? The, the Seinfeld story. The, Steinfeld, we, the, the Seinfeld story. The, the Pilot story. Plus that we recorded yeah. yesterday, yesterday is already out. It's, oh, it's already out. It's, it's out. there. Oh, People have already yeah, listened because to because it. I've already had feedback tweet, on it. Yeah, someone actually yeah. tweeted us about it, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, but for those unfortunate it's enough, for those, those not daring enough to subscribe to Pilot Plus or whatever Um, and do it for the Wheel of Time spoiler special which is incoming well yeah of course Um, comes the very exciting but vague news that something is happening with the Seinfeld um, finale Mm. the famous Seinfeld finale 25 years ago um, people it it, it was heavily criticised I won't go into all over it again because I did go into it in Pilot Plus Um, but Basically, Jerry Seinfeld doing a on stage, it was asked about it when he was doing a Q&A, and a he said S- something is happening with it. Um, we don't know what it is. It's completely vague. My guess now, I didn't say this on Plus, this is my, the new development in my coverage of this very important story, um, is thats that, <laughs> is that it, it'll be something to do with the next series of Curb, I think. I think it'll be dealt oh, with Oh, brilliant. There. Yeah, that's my guess. Cause so they've... Already dealt with the whole the whole season was built around at Seinfeld reunion that Larry was creating. And I think this might be an extension of that somehow in the next season. So Wait, they,
2: what are you basing
1: this on? I'm basing this on the fact that the next season's in the can right. of, of Curb, that, you know, it's the kind of thing that he would do yeah. in that show. And I can't work out how else, what else would it be? Like, they're not, they haven't, there's not a full Seinfeld reunion going on, as far as we're aware. That a would be a Christmas have been, special. Even that would be a bit weird. I think it just feels like the most likely thing is for it somehow to be addressed in full in Kerr. But, you know, but I may be wrong. That's just, that is just literally my guess. Okay. <laughs> but none of that matters, Boydie, because Star Trek
0: Prodigy, oh. which was once cancelled, has been saved. None of that matters because there's a Star Trek story. That's right. Paramount Plus <laughs> had cancelled Star Trek Prodigy, the animated series, starring... Kate Mulgrew and Ella Purnell, among others, um, but it's okay because Netflix have given it a new home. Star I Trek: Prodigy like will return. Oh, I don't watch it, but it's coming back, and it's Star Trek, and that's good news. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, exposed. it's coming. Well, no, I watched a bunch of episodes because I interviewed Kate Mulgrew and uh, Ella Purnell for it. Hmm. So, but uh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming back, and it's coming to Netflix. Who Ray?
2: I've got a bit of news. I've got mixed feelings about this news, but I'm sure it'll, you'll realise as I read out this press release. So, um. Paramount Plus has unveiled the first look images um, and confirmed the ensemble cast for *The Castaways*, starring Sheridan Smith and Celine Buckens. Um, so the pair, so it's a five part series, and it sees um, both of them play Laurie and Erin, who embark on on the holiday of a lifetime in. Fiji. After a huge fight, however, Erin never boards the island hopping flight to the resort and the plane with Laurie on board never arrives at its destination. Now, did you hear the key word there? And this is a test to you guys to see if you're actually listening or have zoned out.
1: Well, you said the key word. I mean, I don't know. It could be any of the key words. Go on. Sheridan? Nope. Okay. What is the key word then? I don't know. James? I mean, definitely. Mm -hmm. What? Look, wasn't me. listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean... What, what were you saying? Blatant.
2: Outrageous. Blatant. Isn't he such an outrageous... Shocking. <laughs> okay. Well, for anyone who was actually listening, you would have heard that I said this is set in Fiji uh,
0: and this uh, was the
2: show, guys, that we were hoping we would be invited
0: uh, to yeah. so that right. we could go
2: on a press trip to Fiji I to interview see. Sheridan and Selene. And
0: crucially, all download crucially, the podcast while we're there, thus yes, boosting also, our Fijian listenership.
2: And it just didn't happen. No. I mean okay, sure, I didn't send an email, I didn't get Boydo, who people actually listen to, to send an email so that we could get invited. But still, I was hoping someone by osmosis and also if someone was listening would think, you know what, these guys should come to Fiji with us. But yeah, it's happened now. It's in the can. So actually, I don't know if I can watch it.
1: I you get over it. <laughs>
2: no, I don't know if I can. Oh, I feel gosh. so disappointed. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know, I'll see how I feel. But yeah, so that was a bit of gutting news, but also exciting for everyone else who isn't Irrational like
0: me. We had a a, a letter recently in the post bag Mm. from someone who's saying that we do not talk about orphan black anywhere near enough. Uh, and that maybe we should go back and rewatch that. I don't, I'm sure Kay never watched Orphan Black. Did you ever watch Orphan Black? Yeah, I watched the Channel MS Landing show. Yeah, so yeah. I watched, I think, the whole of the first season of it. I didn't watch it all the way through. What's to the, the end. connection
2: between? This and yeah, was well, well, it set in Fiji? <laughs> oh, right. Yes,
0: it's actually it's secretly set in Fiji. No, because Orphan Black Echoes, which is the uh, spin-off yeah. show from Orphan Black, had its first trailer with Kristen Ritter in it. I have not seen that trailer, so I can't tell you if it was any good or not. But I just thought because we don't mention Orphan Black uh, enough, okay. I am now mentioning Orphan mm. Black, which was a very good show. Yes, and uh, there's a spin-off coming and there's a trailer for it that I haven't seen but it's probably
1: good Oh uh, for Black was a good show I'll, I'll go along with that there was Crown News I think this was among the most exciting news of the week actually the Crown date confirmation news did you see this Kay?
2: yeah when I can't remember though when was
1: it know, you can look at me as if I've made it up or something <laughs> I haven't invented it it's official I'm,
2: I'm smarting from the fact that no one was as um, annoyed about the Fiji press trip
1: as I was Okay, well, I could feign annoyance if you want. But, um, yeah, The Crown, the final season, is going to go out in two parts, which is very much Netflix's style now. Mm. All the big shows, Stranger Things, um, Lupin has recently uh, arrived in two parts, is a- arrived in two parts of the last season. And The Crown, sure enough, the final season, part one, November 16th, part two, December 14th, part one... Season six covers events from 1997 through to 2005, broadly spanning the tenure of Tony Blair, who's played by Bertie Carvel, by the way. Mm. Part one sees Elizabeth Debicki reprise her role as Princess Diana alongside Dominic West as Prince Charles, Nimelda Staunton is the Queen, etc. And um, making their debuts are Rufus Camper as Prince William and Flynn Edwards as Prince Harry. The first four episodes are in part one and they depict the relationship between Princess Diana and Dodie fired before the fatal... Mm car journey which will be dramatised oh no yeah those are my words will be dramatised i mean they've filmed they have filmed it um and then obviously because it's coming out in 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 a matter of weeks then the final chapter the final six episodes of part two are about prince william trying to integrate back into life at eton in the wake of his mother's death and um the queen celebrating a golden jubilee and the marriage of charles and camilla and William meeting Kate and they've got different actors playing William and Harry for that final just that final bit of the since I mean, part two that makes sense because they're significantly older at that point so yeah I know I know but I think but the more characters have played those two I think in, in, the, in the whole of the crown than any other thing and so those Ed McVeigh is playing Prince William and Luther Ford is playing Prince Harry and Meg Bellamy will be playing Kate Middleton but I think the more it comes up to recent events, as it obviously is, the more kind of weird it's going to be mm. watching the show, I think. And this is the final season of The Crown? It's the final season. Mm. Two parts. Get down with The Crown. Mm-hmm. Get down with the crown. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, that is Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> Partridge is back.
0: <laughs> right. That's it for news. I'm is calling it? news. Oh, okay. Is it not? Have you got no, more news? It's fine. No, it's, what did, did you have anything that I would care about? Let me just check. Let me just <laughs> check. Uh...
2: No, we got called call Time of Death on this. Come on.
0: That's it. Time of Death. I'm calling death. it. Time of death on news. Yeah, the news. News is gone. All right. Right. Okay. Let's move on to reviews. (laughs) Let's move on to reviews. (laughs) Uh, And let's begin with Dark Winds. I think this particular week. Uh, So this is this is a psychological thriller, uh, and it's based on the Tony Hillerman books, the Leap Horn and Chi novel series. Now this is an interesting one because we've not. This is the first season, which is airing on Alibi this week, but it has aired two seasons in the States. Mm. So it's come to us quite late indeed. So this is uh, Graham Rowland has adapted the TV series. It went, aired on AMC in the US. Um, I was about to say how it went down in the US, but you know what? That'll be a spoiler. I'm not going to say that. Boyd! Boyd! I, I, you know what? I, I, I don't have a... Were you, you gone with the dark pump. wind? I don't know. I, you, yeah. I, I've got nothing. No, I don't have anything for this. Seaball. Sorry.
1: Uh, It's interesting, yeah, because it's described as a psychological thriller in the official press information for this show and you just said it was a psychological thriller yes. and you not not I don't, it doesn't come across to me as a psychological thriller I mean, it's kind of like a it's like a
0: detective it's a, it's mystery a detective. thing set in the 1970s right I mean, so mis- yeah. I didn't even say what it was about it's like it's a double yeah. murder on the reservation yes. now Zan, Zan McLaren yeah. uh, who plays the Native American detective in this also plays the Native American sheriff in Reservation Dogs which we reviewed on Pilot Plus yeah. just yesterday yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's wild, it is um, wild but he's yeah. very good at it so yeah. I can see why he plays the same
1: sort of character he, he is very good good he's one of the best things about the show it opens with this big action sequence really with helicopters with a helicopter yeah, and yeah. like a 70s heist a, a, like a, a 70s heist it was an audacious heist it was an audacious heist, heist. 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 It opens heist. With this big huge action sequence which uh, and then I was like oh hold on I'm expecting a psychological thriller and it's just it's not a psychological it's like, thriller it's like it pivots from heat to like this sort of like yeah. sleepy detective thing yeah, yeah. Um, not hate the magazine that no, would be weird that would be weird <laughs> and yeah and then as you say then the helicopter kind of goes over to where where this uh Where the Navos are based, um, and it and it kind of beautiful landscape uh, of of the American West, and then it settles down to being a fairly, I would say, straightforward. Police procedural Mm -hmm. in which um, the aforementioned Zahn McLaren is investigating with a new deputy, Jim Chi, played by Kiowa Gordon. And he's kind of also coming up against um, the feds who are kind of, you know, obviously the white feds who are obviously Mm -hmm. kind of racist and not really taking the um, Native American. Um, investigation into these crimes seriously, and they seem don't not care as much about the crimes committed against the Native American people as much. So there's a kind of like kind of battle going on there between these two forces involved in this um, investigation, and and there's also a kind of a domestic abuse subplot mm-hmm. where this pregnant woman um, goes to is being goes to a hospital appointment, and I
2: find that I found that bit quite distressing because yeah. there's a woman who's translating for her.
1: Yeah, that's right, and. Uh, Um, she's
2: not a good translator
1: well she, she is she is also you should point out the sheriff's wife yeah she's the sheriff's right. wife I was yeah. say. so the sheriff's wife then wants to get the sheriff or at least the police involved in investigating this woman who has marks on her arm that you would seem to be you'd think from some kind of domestic abuse so there's that storyline but it's I, I'm sorry to get back to it and I know it's just a press release but it's just not a psychological thriller so well I, once I get over that point that mm. you know and it, you I know, think you have to move on the, I am moving on now officially mm. I've decided I'm moving on <laughs> it is, a, it is a, no, a nicely shot I mean it makes good use of the spectacular landscapes of, of, of the setting. And it's it's well cast, and Zama Klein particularly is really charismatic. And, you know, it's an interesting um, detective figure. Yeah. And you can see why this is adapted from a series of novels, and you can see why they've done it, because it makes for interesting setting. It's, you know, it's a period piece as well, to some extent, um, set in the 70s. And so... I did like it. I did notice that, I was reading up on it, um, as maybe you were, as you alluded to, James, in your introduction, and there have been criticisms in America of its depiction of the Navajo Nation. Oh, really? Some, yeah, just in... People, um People saying that some of it was inaccurate, some of the, apparently some of the language used and that was then subtitled... They... That's
2: unusual, because didn't they have an all, like, Native American... I, didn't I read that they had the cast and crew...
1: Uh, it's, it seems to be mostly I'm not sure if, if not sure if the crew I'm not sure if all the writers are right. wasn't that okay. a that was a Reservation Dogs thing I yeah Reservation maybe, Dogs is, is definitely oh, okay. that That, but I, I, I think this, this is less well, so no, no okay, I think fine. this is less so I mean I think the source material and the obviously most of the cast the key yeah. cast the writers are, room is all right, native right okay definitely but still it came under. of I, and i would just say I'm not I have no idea if those criticisms are valid but it did. it did get you know a little bit of a rough ride in terms of its depiction of it. it's quite you know the domestic abuse storyline because so that's interesting you know they've gone into that w- world and i always think people you know, if you're setting a, it in a, in a tight-knit community uh some kind of um that kind of criminal that kind of activity might come across as critical of the community but it's not it's not meant right. to be clearly so yeah, i think yeah. it's valid to depict it completely but as i say it has had had some criticisms but i thought it was perfectly decent as i say I mean, the, the you know, the advancement in TV um, uh, artistry and filmmaking, if you want to call it that, This you know, a few years ago, this would probably look like a fairly bog standard uh, police procedure. And now it looks, it's got this spectacular opening with the helicopters. <laughs> and even then it settles down to being pretty stylish mm. and eye-catching and well shot and, and all of that. I just didn't think, and I think the, the investigation is pretty interesting, but I haven't yet got to know the characters so well, like the characters for whom this... Mystery will will affect enough for him to be that gripped by it. But, you know, potentially. Oh,
0: interesting. See, I thought you'd be because I'm very, very tempted to press on with this because oh, yeah. you know, you know how much I love a, like a crime book turned into a TV yes. series. Yes. and and McClane is so good. He is and I think good, it's yeah. partly that. And but then it is set in the seventies, which is again kind of my yeah. Kryptonite. So you know, but it doesn't feel seventies because it takes place on the reservation. It yeah. always feels slightly out of time and it's out timeless, of place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I I really like that, and I like the fact that. And it was strange to do it in this week that we've also reviewed Reservation Dogs. Mm. But it takes place in this maybe under represented part of america i've
2: gone from not watching any native america watching, watching all of them yeah. it's a bit like
0: when
2: i went through my uh aussie comedy yeah. flex and now i feel like right yeah and I'm,
1: I'm on board and you've got killers of the flower moon that's watch, right i'm watching that right later on, on today yeah to also a similar it's gonna be we, quite uh, the uh... Tell you what's weird about this is you know the, the exact producers george rr R. martin i know and robert redford i know yeah, oh, yeah, the yeah. actual yeah. fuck that's also just weird
0: <laughs> yeah like you wouldn't bring those two I, people but, together to when create. When this started, to, it said at the front, it's brought to you by Robert Redford yeah, and George R. R. Martin. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neither of whom is from where aware our Native American. No, by the way. no. I'm reasonably certain not. It's just yet another thing that George R.R. R. Martin is doing instead oh, of finishing yeah, they, the Song of Ice and Fire so series. Thank you, George. infuriated by any news <laughs> involving George
1: R.R. R. Martin, which isn't that he's finished writing this fucking book.
0: Okay, great. Well, dark winds then see I should have said Boyd's did this give you a dark wind did you have a dark wind no let's not talk about bodily
2: functions I don't need to talk about Boyd's dark
0: winds no no. right okay so this airs on alibi when Boydy
1: God. alibi alibi is I like to call it alibi <laughs> alibi. Um, alibi Wednesday I like it oh, when
2: you get silly 18th
1: of now. October alibi comes from do you know where that comes from a Rowan Atkinson sketch oh, where really? he mispronounces loads of words and that's one of the words I think it was on not the nine o'clock news so sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's an up to date reference <laughs> for the kids. A, a yeah. hot, hot finger on the button hot yeah. yeah, finger on the button but that is where that comes from it's not just totally random <laughs> honestly there you go oh. yeah anyway uh, Wednesday alibi Alibi. Next up, <sighs> oh,
0: what, deep breath. Deep
2: breath.
0: It's yes, breeders. Go. It's breeders. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to talk breeders, but for the sake of peace, I am going to pass breeders over to our breeders correspondent Kay, who is going to talk about the show as a neutral, oh, okay. uninterested right, party. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Not uninterested. Interested. Well, not
0: uninterested, but not uninterested in that you do not have skin in the game, I'm in that you are not out. whoring yourself out to breeders <laughs> like boy. <laughs> <laughs> nor, nor are you a wow. famous breeder skeptic like myself. Yeah. You I'm are a neutral. You are the Switzerland of breeders ah, reviewers.
2: Might be possibly the nicest thing he's ever. Yes,
0: sweetest chocolate is what I'm yes. saying. Obviously.
2: Um, okay, so so when we find them so Ali played by Daisy Haggard and Paul Martin Freeman they're they're still split up and Paul continues to be a gigantic bellend (laughs) snarky (laughs) short tempered just a massive pain in the ass Um, however interestingly um, once they've decided to work towards making the split more permanent they got on better and almost like sort of rediscover the things that they loved about each other so um, that's an interesting dynamic that they explore Um, it's set at Christmas and so their parents are all Coming over. Oh my God, Joanna Bacon is on fantastic. Form, I love her I always have throughout the series and she continues to muse as Jackie um, in this episode in particular she is horrified that honey comes out of bees' bum holes <laughs>
0: <laughs> that did make me laugh
2: honestly she's a genius and um, Alan Armstrong is there as Jim also great plus Christmas Hating Leah played by Stella Gonnett is there um, and she has split up with Alex played by Hugh Corshy I'm not going to ruin it but let's just say they have Christmas dinner together they do And Luke drops a bombshell. Mm. And, you know, then it's all about how they're going to deal with it. Um, I just love this show, right, because of the realism of it, the whole situation, right? It's like you don't ever feel, for me, I don't ever feel like I'm watching a drama. It feels like I'm intruding on a relationship. One that is, you know, obviously we're witnessing them at their lowest points, doing and saying things that are lamentable but happen everywhere across the country Um, and then we see how they come back from that and how they work through their issues um, and they try to overcome them and sometimes that's not possible and the best way is for them to go their separate ways Um, so yeah I just continue to love this show and I you know that's all I have to say about it for now because I feel nervous about what's to come
0: no 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 that's that's all fine that's all fine Boydie
1: Yeah, it's it's a um, it's slightly weird that it starts at Christmas, obviously, because you know it's uh, October, um, and you almost feel like, oh, was it meant to be to start? You know, just meant to be scheduled around Christmas time? Was that? Because oh, it's just... all out in the states, it's well, all in the, the voting, states, so it would have aired in the middle of summer, pretty yeah, much. Even so. weirder for them, exactly. Yeah, but
2: go on question: Why did why did the US get it for us?
1: It's a good question. It's a co-production, I think, with Showtime. I think in America, yeah. But can... Why didn't
2: we get it first and they get
1: it? Yeah, Boydie, first. why? Just, you're, push, you're the I mean, mouthpiece of breeders, tell us. It happens all the time because in American, if both outlets can show whenever when they want within reason. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think, I mean, probably, I don't know this for sure, but Sky likes to have everything available, all episodes of every series they show bo- available as a box set. Whereas I imagine it went out weekly in America on Showtime. Oh, so right. they've probably waited, what, 10 weeks, 10 episodes, roughly, maybe a bit more time. So that it's all ready to watch in one go for British Audiences. That's Sky's thing is definitely to have everything available in one go. Okay. As much as Sorry, continue. Can. Thank you. No, it's a valid question. <laughs> um but the it's a great uh, start for the new series and it's just a reminder that this is a beautifully well observed mm-hmm. um depiction of family life, of relationships. I think the you know the kind of the midlife Long-term marriage analysis is brilliant, as you pointed out. You know, they kind of... These two, Martin Freeman and Hazard, Daisy Hazard's characters, went through a lot last time around. And he got, you know, kind of interested and flirted with that character played by Sarah Phillips. And Daisy was kind of aware of it. And, you know, they deal with that in this in this episode. So it, it sticks with by the, the flashback format. So it's got slightly newcomers, I always think it's bold because they don't announce the dates, they don't flash on screen you know, like five years previous, five years later anything like that, you just have to work it out That can that, be a
2: bit discombobulating Yeah, yeah but I
1: think it's, it, it's confident I like that confidence that they know people get hang of the storytelling which flits around in time, so, you yeah. know, ostensibly this is set fi- roughly five years after we last saw them and, you know, um, Luke's 18 and, you know his sister's, what's 15, 16 now and, uh, but you have Flashbacks to just a bit earlier. Yeah, that yeah. I I got properly thrown yeah, by I mean, that. Is, I did not know what sure, was happening. Yeah, but it's always Mick done that. But it feels because they are older now. Is it, it? just feels slightly more confusing, maybe. Mm. But I think it's a. I love the structure, if you like, because um, you find out stuff. that fills in details, if you like, of relationships and what's what's been happening in a quite a subtle clever way. So it's not just kind of laid out before you yeah. with, with kind of clunky exposition. You just find stuff out, particularly so for example in that in that central relationship. I just think like that. So even, even not even even getting into what it says about parenthood, <laughs> which sparked the whole original controversy, <laughs> if you like. Um I just think the depiction of this marriage is fantastic. Yeah. You can sense why the banter between them—you know, the inter—he's a funny guy, she's a funny woman, you know—and the way they both are funny with each other and the shared references. They have a spark, but also they have shared, the shared yeah, references, yeah. the shared sense of humour is so key. And that is just beautifully written and performed by the two of them. I mean, absolutely brilliant, F- Freeman and Haggard together. And then on top of that, you've got the, all, all the parenting issues. And yes, you have got his, you know, traditional anger issues, which strike right from that very first episode, mm. probably the very first line of the whole show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think doesn't the, the first kids. episode begin with him going yeah. into him and screaming at his yeah. children? Well, yeah. I've never, na- yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Let's not. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's had his ups and downs at the levels of, but he's absolutely, you're absolutely aware that he he has his issues, uh, his his anger man- management issues, which are always there, poking, and he's trying to kind of, his whole performance is like, I'm trying to keep a hold of this stuff that's yeah. within me and trying not to let it all, you know, go over the top and go. He's, out his his micro expression acting, yeah. it has to be said, is outstanding. Phenomenal. Because you see him wrestling. Yeah. With the rage, is it? And exactly. just trying to tamp it down. Exactly. You also now have so you've got new cast members. Luke is now a, played by Oscar Kennedy, who was in D uh, You recognise him? He's quite. He's done a lot of stuff on TV. And Ava played by Zoe Athena. So with them, he's got the bombshell, which we're not. Spoiling, which is a brilliantly funny, and I think you know Martin's <laughs> reaction to that is just that's, so. Yeah. That's
2: really when you see him yeah. trying to simp, like, yeah. keep so, it because he can't help himself. Yeah, but you know yeah.
1: what? Do you know what? Every day of my life, I meet people like like this who can't can't quite help themselves. Yeah. And it's whether it's passive aggression or outright aggression. There's always something that they're not happy about. And I, it, it's bringing himself about that kind of person. I think, and the and the dinner and the Christmas dinner setting and the revelation. For from the from Luke of what of his news is so fantastic it's funny. I think
2: it speaks to a lot of parents, don't you yeah. think? Who are trying to like be accepting of their children's yeah. choices while also <laughs> thinking, What the yeah. fuck? And then you've got his
1: sister and I always think that the the secret kind of key to breeders is the the younger sister uh ava who was always her, her issue has been a lot just being in the shadow mm-hmm. of her because her brother's been the one that's had problems and issues that are kind of most to the fore if you like um a lot you know he's the one who kind of you know punched <laughs> punched his dad um famously at the end of season two she's always been a, not, not, not in the shadows of this show, but a, a, a character who feels she's in the shadow, and she's, and she's now expressing that openly and and to the fore in this And She's got a really good storyline um, involving her, you know, life, and that, it, it, which is, which is beautifully. Dealt. I've, so I've watched now. I've now watched most of the whole series, to be fair, because I am hosting the Q and A next week, and I just, it's, it's just up there for me with really top notch. TV, you comedy, comedy drama, whatever you want to call it, I think it is ostensibly comedy with a lot of dr- dramatic things going on. But the sh- but the essentially it's a comedy, the genre of this show. It's trying to be funny I all the way through. I think it's You think it's what? Comedy
2: drama.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I consider comedy drama. It's such a. It's pointless discussion in a way, but maybe interesting some people. I like classic comedy drama. Is Cold Feet for me? Right. That was an hour long show. It's partly the duration. That, that I would see. I weirdly, I'd have almost in my head called that a comedy No, I'd have it a comedy. Oh, interesting. Okay. So yeah. for me, I, I always think, whenever someone says comedy drama, I genuinely always think of like Cold Feet, something like that, a kind of hour-long format show mm-hmm. built around characters that are quite amusing and are, and stuff that goes on is amusing, but it's not really trying to be that funny. That's like raison d'etre. Yeah, but it has also
0: has slight, it has serious dramatic kind of, yeah. like what's her face dying in a car crash, but it also has like absurdity, which is like Adam with a rose up his bum. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it has Yeah, but that, so that Adam
1: with a rose up his bum is probably like a like that doesn't happen in this show this show is is it is kind of remarkably realistic and believable but it's still the characters and the way they interact and the way they uh, and those reaction shots are, are really really funny by yeah. way I through.
0: mean the, the bees bumhole thing yeah. classic <laughs> example exactly. that's
1: just funny I don't think you're gonna get exactly so that's that's a very that's a very good example thank you um, uh, of how it, and that is comedy that shot this is a comedy and it's got very dramatic moments very moving moments very like you had stuff in the last series with, um, with the parents Jim and Jackie played by Alan Armstrong and as you say, Joan of Bacon, who is legendary, oh, God, and I've said her. before, is so much like Russell Toby's mum. It's oh, astonishing. Really? Yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> they they had a really. Scarily dramatic um, mm-hmm. episode in the last, which I thought was one of the best episodes ever because it was so. I mean, about involving his infidel- well, infidelity, right? yeah. about his alleged infidelity or not, and that was so well done. So when it does, this was with Sally Phillips, wasn't it? Well, that was that was his infidelity issue. Yeah. Um did it? Did you? But no, there was his dad had. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, his dad had an infidelity storyline as oh, well. I
2: thought you were talking about his health scare.
1: No, no, no. I'm talking about Ava. the infidelity um, scene. In, his, scene. Um, yeah, where, with with the mum and they're out. You know, anyway, all of this is a long winded way of saying it's fucking brilliant. And it has been really, really good from the start. I think it's got. I don't think I don't see that passive aggression. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'll say this though. I will say this. I liked it from the start and I didn't have the issues you had. And I understand your issues with that. But I do think it's got better and better and better and it's now like just one of the best things
0: I know Terry agrees with you very much yeah now. she like, really like, yeah. It, like, she didn't
1: would. like it at first but yeah. now really really yeah. thinks it's great I, I think it's yeah. gone from being a really good show to being a fucking excellent show is, I mean it's brilliantly acted it's extremely well Written and conceived,
0: and I think at this point there's nothing in it to bother me because it's more a relationship show at this point. Don't get me wrong; the, the parenting stuff is a part of it, but their kids are kind of grown up, so it's a different type of show than it was before. Anyway, but it's—I mean, it's—it's—it's—it's re- it's, it's, it, all of the things you say. Like it's—it's it's incredibly realistic, sometimes too realistic. But it, yeah, it's great, great performances. I—I I don't have really anything negative no to notes. say about oh this God. one? Yeah. Except for the fact that full stop, full I was quite stop. confused at points because obviously I'm jumping in mm. now at the fourth season and the time jumps in it I thought were a little jarring. That my My, my one note on this was like they're not signposted they're not to my mind organic and maybe if I knew the series better and I knew the timeline better it wouldn't have confused me but I genuinely I thought there was something wrong with the screener because I was just like I got this. I, I thought they genuinely put the <laughs> yeah. scenes out of order because I'm like this doesn't make any sense at all we've just gone from this to this that's not a scene transition what the yeah. fuck is going on yeah. and I feel like maybe if you watched it all the way through and they've been doing that all the way through that's fine and that's the grammar of the show but for me I was like what is, what is this?
1: Yeah that is the grammar of the show I, I do admit though it, 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 it was extra confusing to start with I think you just have to go with the flow of it, really. Um, because there's no visual indicator that it's a different period of time. Well, they're wearing different
0: clothes. That's the. That's the. Uh, that's your. Well, well, but yeah. but, but genuinely, there's one bit where a scene ends, like mm. they're in a bar, and a scene ends, yeah. and then the next scene yeah. was where they would be wearing different clothes, a different day, and you're just like. What? What? Because <laughs> it's a totally different. Yeah.
1: Because subject. also the time jump, the, the 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 flashbacks, if you like, are of similar themes. So it's a flashback to another Christmas day, mm. as, rather than the Christmas yes. day which is taken place in the present. It's day. very confusing. So that yes, that very confusing. confusing. Oh my god! Yeah. When they were doing yeah. the tree, yeah, yeah. I know. And I just, I oh.
0: genuinely was very. I was like, is it doing the thing where they they do the presents before the dinner? Like, is this <laughs> yeah. just how they do Christmas?
1: And they just have different people over for different parts of the day? You, the, the one. I you, the one thing that really struck me was I, I thought. So, is that the the new actor Elsa Kennedy, playing the son playing Luke is very different to the previous Luke so different because mm. the previous Luke was very kind of non-neurotic and you know kind of but, but then again it's when they fill in the details of how he's grown and he's got you know he's got a girlfriend now and all of that I can, we can say that much, that it, begin, that it makes sense. Initially, I was jarred by that. I thought that was jarring. But then it all kind of all starts to make sense as it goes mm. on, interestingly. And the whole anger of the father issue is also intriguingly explored when it comes to Luke's character as it goes on, without wanting to spoil it at all. Okay, super. Yes. Well, that
0: is Breeders, and that is on the Sky and the Now. Yes, Sky Max.
1: No, Sky Comedy. Sky Comedy. Oh, there you go. See, it is a comedy. You know that because it's on comedy. Exactly. (laughs) Further (laughs) final proof if it ever been needed that it's it's not Sky Comedy drama, it's Sky Comedy. And it's on Friday, the 20th of October, 10pm, with a double bill, but it will also be all available as a box I believe that same day. Fabulous. Finally
0: this week we have Bodies. And Bodies is on the Netflix and it is based on the DC comic slash graphic novel of the same name, written by Si Spencer. Uh, And this one is created for Netflix by Paul Tomlin. And it is a murder mystery, Mm. except let's say a slightly unconventional one because the body doesn't just turn up in a London street. It turns up in a London street in 2023 and at two periods in the past. And... One period in the future. This also deserves props for being the first TV show that I have seen that features the hated London transport phrase see it, say it, sort it. Uh, which I was like, wow, you actually kept that in the show. Uh, but right, Boydies, what did you think of
1: bodies? Well, <laughs> it's a lot to take in. This is quite... Talk, I mean, talking of the confusing time jumps in, mm-hmm. uh, in breeders, this is deliberately disconcertingly set in all lots of different time periods. So it begins in the present day. Mm. Sorry, I've watched this a long time ago. I've weeks ago. <laughs> 2023. That, thanks for confirming that's the present day. <laughs> well, I
2: don't know with you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know what that means. It begins in the present day when DS Shahara Hassan, played by Amaka Okafor, investigates when a naked man, the corpse of a naked man, is discovered in an East End street and as a young man who's kind of fle- flees the scene he seems to be a witness or he's involved who knows and she starts to investigate then we cut to 1941 where a DS Charles Whiteman, played by Jacob Fortune, Jacob Fortune Lloyd, who is a Jewish detective in the middle of the war, and he's kind of getting phone calls. Asked, you think he's maybe a bit dodgy? He's a bent copper. He's, made, he's a bent copper, and he's getting phone calls from this woman who's ordering him to do stuff he thinks probably criminal or mm. illegal in some way. Criminal well, as opposed to illegal. <laughs> big difference. <laughs> I mean,
2: she does ask him to remove her body. So,
1: Oh, yeah, she does. Thank you. Uh, there Which we go. But I, there's so, there's
0: something more to it yes, than that. There is something yeah, there's going something
1: on. There's yeah. a key friend- phrase
2: yeah. no you were loved
1: that's right oh yeah that's right yeah but he's also investigated what seems to be the same naked corpse dead body mm. in the same london street in the east end and then it cuts to the 1890s where carl soller's character di alfred hillinghead has the same body because the same thing and this time there's a witness who's like a a a journalist slash photographer who kind of invites him back to his place there's
2: a free song there's a free song
1: going on Mm -hmm. there and remember it is the 1890s though so you know that kind of thing wasn't encouraged (laughs) man on man action (laughs) Um, then we go to 2053 in the future where D.S. Iris Maplewood played by Shira Haas is also investigating but at this point it's obviously it's the future and there's like floating floating people's heads rolling around. And Stephen Graham's character, he pops up first of all in like the window of the investigation in the 19th century in like a photograph that the photojourners took. But then he's like visible as some kind of like politician or something in the future. He's
2: like a hologram. He's like a like, hologram.
1: Yeah. He's become—he's famous in some way, shape or form. We don't know how to start with in the first couple of episodes. Um, but his, his character is called Elliot. Elias Mannix, and as it goes on, I think I watched three episodes. It becomes clear that he is the key to what the fuck is going on with all these corpses being found in the same East End street in all these different time zones, with lots of detectives trying to solve the same crime effectively across all the different times. It's very interesting. It's very Netflixy in the way it's shot. <laughs> um, it's explain that gourmet burger. Yeah, it's like gourmet burger. It's not as kind of, so if you think of Apple, visually, Apple being the, you know, kind of like very sparkly, slick kind of quality. Yeah, it has it. a,
0: Apple's, Apple has a cool yes, sheen cool, to it. it. Whereas Netflix has a yes, warmth right, to the way they shoot exactly. things. Mm. Yeah,
1: so this is more well, on the Netflix thing, but looks great, but in a different way to the Apple shoot. but it has got that Netflix-y quality to it. But I was gripped. Mm. Um, I was I was much more. If you think of you know going back to the psychological thriller thing again, this is a psychological thriller slash um, who done it slash sci-fi discombobulating time mm. travel thing, and it's absolutely fascinating. And I really want to know where the fuck it's going to go. Yeah, Kyle Zoller Cyril Khan from Andor. Yes, and love you'd be him. very excited about that. I was excited. Of course you are. Now, this struck
0: me as the kind of show that, first of all, I almost want to see what Steph would think of this because it would blow her mind from <laughs> a murder mystery persuasion. Yeah. But this, I couldn't work out whether Kay would find this fascinating or infuriating or a mixture of the two. Where did you land?
2: I really enjoyed this. Wow. Yes, I really enjoyed So at when I was watching, it, I didn't realize it was going to skip forward to the future, though, right? So I was like, "God, this is really up my street." So just to be
0: clear, time travels fine as long as it's in the past. Yeah,
2: I don't want any futuristic <laughs> shit, right? So anyway, so I was watching. I was like, "God, this is great! Like, really intriguing, really enthralled by each sort of period and each detective trying to, you know, like solve the crime." Because obviously, it's just not just about the crime; it's like how the body's found, what happened, and about the detectives themselves. So I was just loving life, thinking this is going to be my new show to get really into. And then, as you say, it skips forward to uh, 2053. And at that point, it was so funny. I was like, I had this reaction to it. I was like, what?
0: Disgusting.
2: But then I pulled myself up and I was like, stop being a dick. Because you enjoyed it up until this point. Go with it. And actually, it it didn't repel me as I thought it would. I just saw it as part of like, it's just another sort of period of time where, you know, the same things happening, etc, etc. And yeah. Over, I just I just really, really enjoy this. I can't wait to see where it
0: goes. Mm. It's it's properly like noodle baking, isn't it? Mm. Where you're just like, I must, I must find out how this mystery ends because I'm really on board with it. Yeah. Because there's so many different aspects to it and all of them are kind of fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's I I loved it. I, I will give it. a
2: little warning though. There is mm. a <laughs> <laughs> there's an autopsy scene which is quite graphic. Oh, yeah, that's quite which so if long. you're eating it's
0: a bit cock and balls.
2: I mean, well, no, no, no. Oh, you the brain. No. Oh, you mean a bit the bit
0: where he peels the, the skin off is, the guy's yeah, skull? Yeah, the yes. penis
2: is fine. It's <laughs> more the scooping out of the brain. The penis is
0: fine. Can I say, that's the, That is the quote from this <laughs> week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. K. Ribeiro, the penis is fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, I mean, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the
2: kind no, of. No, like... no, the
1: brain was. The
2: brain, yeah. yeah that the, was a lot. That
1: was a lot. they're trying to find the bullet. There's a mystery bullet. It seems to have been shot in the head, but there's no bullet. So he's wading around inside this guy's brain. And they're
2: not fucking about. No, they're not. They're digging deep into the skull.
0: Yeah. <laughs> props to the guy who plays a dead body, whose entire yes. job is just to be tackled out all the way through yeah, the yeah. show. So you know, props, huge props to him. <laughs> yeah, but just but really good, great cast of people. Really enjoyed. It. I mean, Stephen Graham obviously brilliant. Everything. Jacob Fortune Lloyd was a really fascinating character. I really yeah. liked his. He
1: gets lots of anti-Semitic um, bigotry. Mm. He does from his yes. colleagues, which is fact- yeah. interesting. Yeah, that and kind of that's something a... that you don't see dramatised off.
0: No, and uh, 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 and Okafor obviously plays a, a Muslim. Police yes. officer. Oh, and, I
2: really liked
0: her. You know, she's very conflicted because they use the fact that she's Muslim to kind of get her to, to try and sort of like get information out of people within her community. So it's, uh, mm. you know, that, that's a really interesting storyline. yeah, it's it, I mean, it's, it's a genuinely really fascinating uh, kind of original show. I mean, original in that, I've not seen anything like it. Not original in that, it's literally based on pre-existing material. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Bodies then on the Netflix, all in one go. Boy, when does it drop? Thursday. On the Thursday. Yeah. On the Thursday. Right. What else is out this week? Quite a few little things, as I recall.
1: Yes, sorry I'm flicking through. Um, Burning Girls comes to Paramount+, Plus, which does, is Samantha
0: embargoed. Morton and Ruby Stokes. That is Embargo. We'll be covering that on Pilot Plus mm. this week.
2: He's literally week.
0: answering his own question. I know. I like to I like to. ask, yeah, ask it, an it, answer. It More important time, than any yeah. of that, though, Bosch Legacy, come on, Still comes parody. back to freebie, <laughs> season two. We're going to find out what happens uh, with the cliffhanger at the end of season one. That's very, very exciting indeed. We didn't review that on this week's podcast, partly because I didn't get screeners for it,
1: but also because, I wanted to spare
0: Boyd and Kay from me talking about Bosch for forty-five oh, I love minutes.
1: Bosh. That wouldn't uh, have been a bad thing. But it um, is like the second season and and the and like the eighth season of Hey, <laughs> all don't you come at the Bosch? <laughs> God, come at the what Bosch.
2: else is there, Boyd? Colleen
1: Rooney oh. on Disney
0: Plus. <laughs> wow. <I do> know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got my finger on the pulse. <laughs> you have. I'm that's, that's
1: <laughs> yes, when Yes, think
2: He can't surprise you. Colin there Rooney. you
1: go. The real Wagatha story, yeah, which James is all over, is uh, on Disney Plus. That Wednesday. was a big cultural. Moment, yeah, huge cultural yes, moment. It was Going on the. To... Uh, that's on Wednesday. Yeah, going to BAFTA yeah. screening of that on Monday, very exciting. Rick and Morty season seven comes to E4 on Monday today. Yeah. Animated, that's right. Yeah, Elite, the Spanish teen raunchy Spanish teens are back on you like Friday. That, don't you? Very good, very absolutely ludicrous. Boys love the raunchy Spanish teen. Preposterous, Elite is steady. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, but it's very funny, very entertaining. Look, <laughs> <laughs> he's,
2: like, he's, g- he's, he's giggling so like a naughty <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: schoolboy. <laughs> he's been really pleased with himself there. Um, Was just referring to Warrior Nun. It's all good. (laughs) God. Uh, This thing called Neon on Netflix on Thursday, which is a comedy um, set in the reggaeton world. Don't know much more about that. The Ex-Wife, which I think we reviewed on this very podcast because it was on Paramount+. Plus. That comes to Channel 5. (laughs) Channel number 5. Channel number 5. Exactly. (laughs) The Wonder Years new series that's going on Disney+. Oh, God. Wednesday. Steady. (laughs) And Upload, do you remember Upload? I do. That's still going. Yeah. How is video. that still going? <laughs> How is that still going? I have to say, I'm surprised. Um, but some people really like it. So there you go. I think that might be it.
2: Look at the back of the mag, I just realised. Nice big plug there in an advert for Pilot TV podcast. Hooray! Yeah.
1: Pick of the week. Breeders.
2: I might go Bodies, actually. Mm, okay. Yeah. I do love Breeders, but I just felt like that was, you know, it felt original.
1: I will also... Go Bodies. Mm. I mean, no great surprise. <laughs> no, but you did like it. It was good good, that you enjoyed breeders. Thank you. Yeah.
0: That's it for this week's show. If you enjoyed it, please do head over to the Apple Store of your choice. Steal one of their display items and leave us a five breeders <laughs> yes. rating. Uh, that would be great. Do follow us on social media at James C. Dye, at Boyd Hilton, at Barrow, and at Pilot TV Pod. Next week... On next week's show, I don't know what we're going to be doing, but uh, let's see what is actually happening. Fear the Walking Dead returns for the second half of its eighth and final season. Do we care about that? Where I'm are not you getting sure we all
2: do. this
0: info from? I'm getting all this. <laughs> oh, it's funny you should say that, Kay. It's funny you should say that. I'm getting it from the shared calendar that I lovingly curate an update for you both every single week, and which you randomly ignore. So that's uh, that's all good. <laughs> White noise now. <laughs> what we do in the shadows is back for another season next week as well. The Enfield Poltergeist comes to Apple. It's a documentary on well, the Enfield Poltergeist. Um, uh, and fellow travellers with Matt Bomer comes to Paramount Plus as well and there's probably other things that I've forgotten which aren't on the calendar because Boydie hasn't put them in there but you know uh, we'll, yeah. we'll tackle that when it comes up
1: yeah we should have done probably Lenny Henry's Sweet Little Birds which is actually oh, on the yeah. Sunday is that this week? yeah but I didn't oh, know it was going to be on the Boyd. Sunday but I had to pick I was forced to pick Boydie, you know, yeah. Boydie, but we'll cover that we'll, we should, we'll review that yeah even we should we'll, do that we'll come out one day after it, I mean, it comes out I clearly not. should have done that of a breeders shut up <laughs>
2: yes you've got to get one last dig in there we go
0: there we go we survived it guys we survived talking about breeders oh this has been exciting (laughs) right we're done we're off I've got a three and a half hour film to watch pilots out